TII item 465, June 15th, 2018, iOS 12, Beta 1, WWDC 2018. Welcome to Today in iPhone. Yeah, I like it a lot. Today in iPhone. Hey, Gullet! Oh, yeah. My beautiful iPhone, which I never have out of my hand and that I do everything with and has become an extension of whom I am. Today's episode is brought to you by StoryWorth. For $20 off, visit storyworth.com slash TII. Welcome to the show. I'm your host, Rob, and you are listening to the Today in iOS podcast. First up, I want to thank Willie for sending in the artwork for today's show. Willie wrote the following. Hi, Rob. I edited the photo in the resident iOS photo app and then added the logo in over. Regards, Willie. Well, thanks, Willie, for sending in this. And folks, you can see this artwork in the free TI app via the bonus button for episode 465 or at Instagram.com slash Today in iOS and also at Facebook.com slash Today in iOS. If you have some artwork and or music that you have created on an iOS device that you would like to share with the audience, please email to me at todayinios at gmail.com and please make sure to include which app or apps you use to create said artwork and or music. I am not going to go over WWDC in detail per se. By now, you've read what you needed to read or wanted to read, but rather, I'm going to go over the new software announced at WWDC and the key features and improvements I found most interesting. To start... Let's talk iOS. And of course, as expected, Apple announced iOS 11.5. Excuse me, I mean iOS 12. But really, iOS 11.5 is a much better description of this. It is really somewhere in between a single dot update and a whole number update. And in my opinion, closer to the single dot update than the whole number update. Just saying. Which devices get iOS 12? All the same ones that get iOS 11. Like I said, it's more of a single dot update. If your device runs iOS 11, it will be able to run iOS 12. That simple. iOS 12 beta 1 is out for devs, and I installed it on multiple devices. And for a first beta, it is really stable. Again, more like a single dot update. Actually, this week, I had less crashes of apps on my uh, iPad running iOS 12 than I did on my iPhone running the latest version of iOS 11.4. So take that for what it's worth. That all said, here are the top new things that you get with iOS 12, at least in my opinion. Sorry, I will not be mentioning anything about emojis or animojis or AR. They do not make my top iOS 12 feature list. We'll talk about them in future episodes. First, is that Apple says devices running iOS 12 will feel faster. We reported months ago that the rumor mill was saying iOS 12 was going to be mostly about performance improvements. And if nothing else, that was pretty clear from the message that was given out there at WWDC 2018. Apple is claiming 70% faster swipe to the camera, 50% faster keyboard display, and two times faster app launch under heavy workload. All those numbers had asterisks after them. Screen time is a new feature in the settings app, and this one lets you see how much time you're spending on specific apps and then lets you limit time spent on apps. There is the option to schedule downtime. So you could, for example, say no screen time on your kids' iOS devices an hour before bedtime. 
until then sometime the next morning after when they're scheduled to get up. There is now the option to set time limits to the minute for apps. For example, you could set a limit to 33 minutes or 37 minutes of game time for weekdays and then 65 minutes for weekends. You can set limits by the day, per day, or for any day. So it's nice, it's flexible. I do like what Apple's doing here. You might even do this for yourself to limit the amount of time that you spend on Fortnite. You also have the option to pick apps that you can access all the time, like iPhone, like the phone app, and then email, and text message, and of course the TI app. As a parent, this is something I have been hoping for, and well, begging for, crying for, for quite some time, so I'm very happy to see this finally rolled out in iOS. Next up is Siri Shortcuts, which is basically a built-in automator for iOS that Siri controls. You can set up and have Siri run some common tasks. This is similar to Workflow. This is one of those things where people will get really creative with it and where Siri is supposed to learn as well. For example, if you have a recording session set up for a specific time, Siri could... um, or uh, could for the recording session, set your iPhone to do not disturb. When you leave work, it could learn to fire up the podcast app and play the latest episode in your queue. And again, there will be more here to help with your productivity. I I like this. Um, It'll be fun to start playing around with that. FaceTime group calling. You can, with iOS 12, have a group FaceTime call of up to 32 different people because, yes, that will not be unwieldy at all. And FaceTime is now integrated into iMessage to make it easier to start a FaceTime call with an existing iMessage group. I can see where a a work project with many remote people, that this would be nice for getting a group of 5 to 15 people, maybe on the top end, together for a training or brainstorming session. Again, 32 seems a bit unwieldy, but you don't have to do 32. You can do a lower, more reasonable number. Next up, grouped notifications. So grouped notifications means you can group notifications by app. So all your text messages can be grouped, so it's not... filling up your screen, multiple screens, if you're getting a whole bunch of notifications in. Do not disturb during bedtime is another feature. When when you activate this, you will not see notifications during the preset bedtime hours. In the morning, you simply tap when you want to see what came in overnight. And this one I know quite a few people are excited about. CarPlay supports third-party navigation apps. That would mean Waze and Google Maps. So users of both of those apps, you'll be happy to know CarPlay. Well, when it's updated, those developers will be able to update their apps to take advantage of GPS for third-party apps in CarPlay. The photo app has improvements, of course. The photo app in iOS 12 will automatically offer up search suggestions and even suggest filters and effects for images, plus there are additional sharing features. Not saying Apple looked at Google Photos for inspiration with this update, but I'm not not saying it either. And Apple did update the news and stock apps. iBooks was renamed to Apple Books, 
and both the Stocks app and the Voice Memos app come to the iPad. Oh, and the Stocks app now can show after-hour pricing. So that's nice. So after we talk about Apple on their quarterly call, we can go in in the Stocks app and see how it's doing in after-hour trading. There was also improvements to Mobile Safari to help with your privacy and stop websites from stalking you. Yay, Apple. Thanks for that one. And Apple introed a new app called Measure, which um, measures things. So yeah, there's that. I tried to use it to measure this update um, versus past iOS updates. Uh, evidently, it, it does not do that kind of measurements. If it did, hint, iOS 12 would lose. Just saying. Again, to summarize, iOS 12 really equals iOS 11.5. I mean, that's the simplest way to summarize the update. Don't hate on me. It's not all bad. It's good to see Apple focused on performance updates and getting iOS to work as smoothly and quickly as we expect iOS to work. Rumors started that bigger changes for iOS 12 were being pushed out to iOS 13 back in the beginning of the year. Um, and that they were doing this in favor of performance enhancements. And I'm okay with that. Every so often, we can have a yawner. And, well, with iOS 12's announcement at WWDC, it was a good time well, for me to take the family to Disney World. Let's just say that. The biggest downside to WWDC announcement for iOS 12 is that the rumors about what is going to come for iOS 13 already have started in earnest. Apple also introduced watchOS 5, and some of the key updates and additions are... 1. Apple Podcasts is coming to watchOS 5. Yay! It's about time! This includes offline playing and the ability to ask Siri via the Apple Watch to play podcasts. Plus, third-party apps will be able to play background audio greatly improving the options for the Overcast Apple Watch app and the TII Apple Watch app, plus Apple Watch apps for any other audio apps. Well, thank you, Apple, for finally allowing audio playback for third-party apps. Two, second is fitness challenges. You can challenge any of your contacts to a seven-day activity competition. This feature allows for workouts related to 14 different activities. Three, uh, this one I really like. It's walkie-talkie mode. And, yep, that's exactly what it sounds like. You can talk to another Apple Watch user just like you are on a walkie-talkie via your Apple Watch. It is said to work over Wi-Fi and cellular. Four, new workout tracking for yoga and hiking. And it also lets you know if you've used too much essential oil. Five, there will be improvements for notifications on Apple Watch. Apple is letting devs build buttons into notifications in watchOS 5. Yes, interactive notifications from third parties coming to watchOS 5. Sweet! 6. Raise wrist to activate Siri. Now you can just raise your wrist and say, set timer for 5 minutes, for example. And there were other items, which we will get to on future episodes, but those were the ones I found most interesting. And finally, there is tvOS 12. And here's a quick summary of tvOS 12 updates and additions. First, Dolby Atmos support, thus greatly improving the sound quality of Apple TV, making Apple TV the only device 
with both Dolby Vision and Dolby Atmos. NASA screensavers. You'll now get 4K video screensavers shot from the International Space Station. Thank you, NASA. For any iOS device updated to iOS 12, the Apple TV remote application will be pre-installed and accessible from the control center. This may finally allow me to ditch using the little Apple remote. No cheer shed here. Remember all the hype about single sign-on with, with tvOS 11? Yeah, it never worked. Right, never hit the expectations. And Apple is going to go one step beyond with tvOS 12 with zero sign-in. The Apple TV will automatically detect your service provider and will automatically log into any supported apps, which sounds great if you are a charter communication customer because to start, that is who gets zero sign-on. Other providers will be added, quote, over time, unquote. So right now, me as a Google Fiber user, no soup for me. There will also be additional interaction with HomeKit, but I am taking a wait-and-see approach here on this one. We've heard that before. Not a lot with tvOS 12 or iOS 12 or WWDC 2018 in general, for that matter. It was, as expected, a yawner. That said, let me know what feature or features announced at WWDC have you most excited and or let me know which ones you were most disappointed not to see or hear about. I want to thank StoryWorth for sponsoring today's episode. I am an actual StoryWorth customer. Uh, have been since Christmas 2016 when I purchased this from my father. StoryWorth is where they will send you or someone you choose a different question each week and then at the end of the year, they pull it all together and make a very nice hardcover printed book with answers. I mentioned on previous episodes how I purchased this for my dad or and really purchased it for our entire family, but the questions were for my dad. So we can learn more about his past and now we're doing the same for my mom. How it works, it's pretty simple. One, purchase a subscription for someone you love. And each week, StoryWorth sends them an email with a question about their life. Two, they simply reply to this email with their story, or they can record it over the phone by calling the StoryWorth number. All stories are private and only shared with family that you choose. Three, after a year, their stories will be bound into a beautiful keepsake book. And if you want, you can order multiple books up front or more later on. If you are looking for a great last-minute Father's Day gift and one that keeps on giving a whole year, so StoryWorth is something that I completely and highly recommend. Go to storyworth.com slash TII to save $20 off the purchase price. Again, last minute, great idea for Father's Day. And this means the book and the year of weekly questions is with the $20 off, it's just $59. It's a great price for the best Father's Day gift. Again, go to storyworth.com slash TII to save $20. It's always fun to get a sponsor that you're already a customer of and when the questions are done and the hardcover book is ready for my mom, I plan on not just getting one copy um, that you get when you sign up, but purchasing the extra copies uh, for the other grandkids who can then pass them on to her great-grandkids and great-great-grandkids. On the last episode, I said iOS 11.4 would be released to the masses either Monday, June 4th or Tuesday, May 29th, and Tuesday, May 29th it was. So what made the cut for the Goldmaster of 11.4? Well, most importantly, AirPlay 2. The multi-room audio support 
uh, we have been looking for. And the multi-room does mean playing the same audio on multiple AirPlay 2 enabled devices at the same time. Note, that does mean if you have a HomePod, you need to update it to 11.4 from 11.3. To do so, go to the HomePod, tap and hold on the HomePod. So the Home app, go to the Home app and then tap and hold on the HomePod. And in the details, you should find the option to download 11.4 and update it to said version. You also need to update your Apple TVs to the latest version as well. Once you do this, then you'll be able to play audio for say today on iOS in multiple rooms and multiple devices in your house because while well, why not and yes this is supported from third-party apps on your iOS device as well as native apps for example I updated my Apple TVs and HomePod Zillay's version then went to episode 463 and the bonus content and played the song my youngest son created on all four devices throughout the house he was decidedly more excited about that than his older brother was. The big difference in AirPlay 2 is the buffering and lack of latency that AirPlay 2 now provides. It really does a great job on getting the audio all around your house to multiple devices pretty much in sync as you're listening. So right now, it is limited to Apple TVs and HomePods, but third-party speakers will be supporting it shortly, Apple already posted some of those speakers on their site. They include speakers in the BO Play, BO Sound, and BO Vision families. Dinan, Libratone, Marantz, Name, and Sonos. Apple also said supported speakers are coming from Bose, Devilet, Dyna Audio, Polk, Macintosh, Bowers & Wilkins, Blue Sound, and Definitive Technology. In other words, lots of third-party speakers will be supporting AirPlay 2 very soon. But again, today, per a speaker, it is really just the HomePod. And speaking of said device, there is now support for HomePod stereo pairs, as if anyone actually purchased two. But if you were that person, congrats, you can pair, stereo pair them with the version 11.4 of the HomePod OS. iOS 11.4 also supports messages in iCloud, allowing you to sync messages across various Apple devices in iCloud, uh, allowing you to store your messages, photos, and other attachments in iCloud, thus freeing up space on your iOS device. And of course, our, your conversations continue to be end-to-end -end encrypted, so don't worry about that, no privacy issues. Some of the other items in iOS 11.4 include enables teachers to assign their students reading activities in iBooks using the Schoolwork app, fixes an issue where certain character sequences could cause messages to crash, i.e. that this is the black dot Unicode bug that could crash apps in iOS, addresses a message issue that could cause some messages to appear out of order, addresses an issue that could prevent logging in or accessing files on Google Drive, Google Docs, and Gmail and Safari, fixes an issue that could prevent data syncing in health, fixes an issue that could prevent users from changing what apps can access health data, resolves an issue that could cause an app to appear in an incorrect location on the home screen, fixes an issue where CarPlay audio could become distorted, 
and fixes an issue where selected music from your iPhone could fail when playing music over Bluetooth or when connected to USB on some vehicles. USB restricted mode was supposed to be part of 11.4, it was in the betas and didn't make it to the end. So now it looks like it'll be in iOS 12. USB restricted mode is the mode where if a device is not unlocked within seven days, then the lightning port can only be used for charging, but not for data transfer, meaning that the devices from gray key that could unlock iOS units, well, well, it would no longer be able to do so. And there are, of course, other bug fixes and optimizations with 11.4. And I'll just say this, release the hounds. So if you haven't updated to 11.4, and you're not a beta tester, go ahead and update to 11.4. Per HomePod 11.4, according to Apple, quote, place two HomePods in the same room and create a stereo pair. Each HomePod and a pair automatically senses its location in the room. Advanced beamforming provides a wider soundstage than traditional stereo pair. Use AirPlay 2 to play the same song everywhere or different songs in different rooms to multiple HomePods and other AirPlay 2 enabled speakers. Schedule, cancel, and stay up to date with your calendar appointments available in the US, UK, and Australia, unquote. So there you go if you're wondering what came with the update to 11.4 for HomePod. Apple also released on May 29th, watchOS 4.3.1 as a double dot update. It really is a minor update with not a lot or even a little that is exciting. Mostly, as you would expect, uh, around bug fixes and optimizations, and that was it. There is a warning that uh, has been added that anytime you launch an app built on the original Watch OS 1 SDK, with said warning uh, saying that the app may not be compatible with future versions of Watch OS. Most likely, this means when Watch OS 5 is released, support for Watch OS 1 built apps will be dropped entirely. As mentioned earlier, tvOS for Apple TV was updated to 11.4 on the 29th as well. Key update here is the support for AirPlay 2. Beyond AirPlay 2, I have not read of any other feature added to tvOS 11.4 or even any specific bug fixes for that matter. But Apple did say bug fixes and optimization come with tvOS 11.4. But Apple was not done. They also updated on the 29th iTunes to version 12.7.5, which is said to offer minor performance improvements. May 29th was a busy day for Apple. But it was not the only busy day of the week for Apple, um, because on May 30th, Apple released iOS 11.4.1 beta 1 to devs, with most double dot updates, it's usually about bug fixes and or optimizations. The real problem with 11.4.1 beta update is that it is going to get very, 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 and really did get very, very little love from devs and beta testers because on Monday the 4th of June, Apple released iOS 12 beta 1. And, well, no dot betas are the most exciting betas possible even though this year's no dot beta was eh, was a boring no dot beta it's still a lot more exciting than a double dot beta so far none of the articles out there list any new features or any specific bug fixes for 11.4.1 beta 1 
And on June 11th, Apple also rolled out 11.4.1 beta 2 for iOS. And well, there's nothing here to announce either. The only thing less exciting going from a single dot version to a double dot update is going from a double dot update to another double dot update. And that is what you get with watch OS 4.3.2 beta 1 and beta 2. <sighs> Nothing to see here. Move along. Move along. Of course, Apple also released a new beta for tvOS with 11.4.1 beta 1 coming out on May 30th as well. And as with the other betas released on the 30th of May to the devs, this one is about bug fixes and optimizations and yawns. These are not the betas you are looking for. Those came out on Monday the 4th, Be With You, of June. And yes, beta 2 of tvOS 11.4.1 came out as well, and that was on June 11th. So to summarize on the iOS side of things, after everything we went through, 11.4 is the current Goldmaster out-to-the-public version of iOS today. 11.4.1 Beta 2 is the current beta version of the update for that. And then iOS 12 Beta 1 is the one that is what people really want. And that came out this past week or last week uh, when WWDC came out. So you've got two different betas right now plus the 11.4. So there's three things going on with iOS. 11.4, if you haven't released a Hounds, go ahead and do that and update. If you're a dev for iOS 12, I, even though it hasn't crashed for me, I still would recommend you waiting until at least the second or third version of the beta before you start putting it on devices that are primary devices, and, and really maybe even longer than that. Only put iOS 12 on devices that are not your primary device. And we'll be talking more about specific changes and features that are included with iOS 12 in future episodes. Uh, but I'm going to wait and do the side-by-side -side comparison until iOS 12 beta 2 comes out. Because last time I did beta 1 updates and then he removed a whole bunch of things and then it got confusing. So when beta 2 comes out, then I can start doing my side-by-side -side to iOS 11.4 and we can see what really changed. Back on an older episode, someone called in or wrote in about Apple needing to give a credit to those that paid for battery replacements before Apple announced their new lower price of $29 for battery replacement. And Apple was listening and just announced they are giving a $50 credit for those folks that paid for a new battery in 2017. Well, at least for some of them. The $50 credit is the difference between the old price and the new price. One big caveat on this refund is that you had to have your iPhone repair done by Apple or an authorized Apple service location. Apple will be contacting via email those they feel are eligible for the refund before the end of July. If you have not heard from Apple by August 1st and think you are eligible, then you need to contact Apple prior to December 31st, 2018 and let them know. There is a link in the show notes for episode 465 that goes over this from Apple along with where to contact Apple. And speaking of the $29 battery replacement, I had the battery on my son's iPhone 6 Plus replaced. He was up to three recharges plus per day. So when they went in and did the initial diagnosis on it, the genius, his only comment was, wow, you need a new battery for this. 
He said if there was any sign of water damage when open, they would stop the replacement and contact us. Otherwise, it would be ready in about two hours. And when I returned a couple hours later, I was told all was okay and the new battery was installed. Now the battery life is much, much, much better. And my son was very happy, took his phone with us to Disney World, got some good pictures. So anyway, it was a very painless process and just $29 gets you a brand new battery, breathes life back into your device. If you have an iPhone with a 6 in the name, you should look at getting this done before the end of 2018. Apple this week also announced per the HomePod that it will arrive in Canada, France, and Germany starting on June 18th. Pricing will be 449 Canadian dollars in, well, Canada. It'll be 349 euros in France and Germany. One other thing we did not mention about the HomePod update to 11.4 is that it enables Siri to speak French, German, and Canadian English. With the latter, I guess, being a funnier version of English? Don't you know? Oh wait, that is Minnesotan. Well, Canadians are by and large funnier than those of us in the US. Just look at all the big-name comedians. Apple did say French-Canadian will be added in another update later in 2018. Per the languages, these are not geographically specific, for example, right now, if you updated to 11.4 on your HomePod and you have the option for English, Australian, Canadian, UK, and US versions, uh, French for France and German. Um, so if you are in Canada and buy a HomePod, you can switch it to French. It will just be France's French and not Canadian French. And if you are someone in France that purchased a HomePod when visiting the U.S. or the U.K., you can switch it over to French now. Again, to change options on your HomePod, go to the Home app, tap and hold on the HomePod icon in the Home app, then click on Details, and you can see all the options for the HomePod. Hey, Rob. This is Kevin. The question on episode 463 about ads in the YouTube app, you cannot remove the ads from their app because that's why they have an app, is to serve you advertising. You can, however, play YouTube on a different browser. I use the Aloha browser, and you will be able to avoid most of the advertising by playing YouTube through the browser. Now, of course, that does limit some of the functionality that is built into the YouTube app, but you'll have to choose between advertising and some functionality. Goodbye. Kevin, thanks for your answer in the voicemail. To the email bag we go. Hi, Rob. Enjoy the show as usual. You asked for tales of battery replacements. I have an iPhone 6S, which is over two years old and which I use heavily every day. I kept it in an Apple Smart battery case, and as a result, the phone's battery seemed to be holding up well. However, a few months ago, it began to bulge. Although I bought the phone in the U.S., I live in the Philippines now, and I could still make use of the $29 battery replacement here, but as I was traveling back to the U.S. in March, I figured I'd wait, and when I returned to the U.S., I bought an iPhone 8 and brought my iPhone 6S to Best Buy, as I always try to avoid the Apple Store visit if I can, between the crowds and the terrible decor, which is difficult for me to see. I am legally blind. 
coupled with the awful acoustics there, well, you get the idea. So the so-called Great Geek Squad told me that typically they would replace my battery on site. However, since mine was bulging and they would have to send it off to Apple, I had to remove the phone from my Find My iPhone in case Apple couldn't replace the battery and instead replaced the phone. I was told that if Apple chose to do this, I would still only pay $29. About eight or nine days later, I went back to get my iPhone, and sure enough, it was a nice new refurbished model, not bad for $29. Separately, as a voiceover user, I hope Apple is not yet done fixing the bugs in iOS 11. There are so many that still affect voiceover and have no business being there more than nine months after the release of iOS 11. Oddly, it seems, and Apple confirms, there are several voiceover bugs that affect the 8X series, but do not affect earlier hardware. I don't know if they affect the uh, iPhone 10 series. Also, most of the time, the 6, my 6S is just as snappy as my iPhone 8, and there are times when my iPhone 8 is slower than my 6S, not to mention that my 8 has a the truly obnoxious feature of missing of the missing headphone jack. Courage indeed. Regards, Kevin B. No PS, in case anyone is interested, the iPhone 8 works perfectly in the Apple smart battery case for the iPhone 7. All you lose is wireless charging, which I don't really care about. And PSS, there appears to be Zero voiceover bug fixes in iOS 11.4. Well, Kevin, thank you for sending that in. Back to the email bag. Hi, Rob. I purchased a new Apple product red leather case for my iPhone 10. When I snapped it in for the first time, there was a short message, wait a sec, at the top of the screen for a few seconds. Do you know if there is some kind of sync between the phone and the case? I love the case. Thin and light, and the red color is perfect. Warmest regards, William B., Honolulu, Hawaii. Remember all that crying the FBI was doing about thousands and thousands of locked iPhones that they could not get into, and all the pressure they were putting out there to get a backdoor added to the iPhones based on all those thousands and thousands of locked devices? Um, yeah, it was more likely just a 1,000 to 1,200 devices and not the 7,800 devices the FBI was claiming publicly. Here is something scary. The organization that wants a backdoor into iPhones does not even know how to accurately count to 7,800, which you know a simple spreadsheet can help you with. Just saying. The FBI talking a third person said, quote, the FBI's initial assessment is that programming errors resulted in significant overcounting of mobile devices reported, unquote. Look. The FBI has always inflated and overstated their need for a backdoor. Backdoors are bad, and the FBI can't even manage an Excel spreadsheet accurately. And they want access to a backdoor for all smartphones? Yeah, file this one under things that will not end well. The entire history of the FBI asking for a backdoor has been filled with misinformation and no information. Back in 2015, when James Comey and Sally Yates were arguing in front of Congress for a backdoor, saying uh, that in 
that encryption was a big problem, Senator Al Franken asked them for, you know, actual data to back up their claims. And Yates' response was, the government does not track that data. Um, so it looks like they got around that problem by making up the whole 7,800 units locked data. Brilliant. So one of two things is happening here, depending on whose article you read about this issue. One, the FBI has been knowingly lying about the severity of the issue. Or two, the FBI is incompetent and does not really have a grasp on the level of the issue. Neither answer would justify handing over the keys to a backdoor to them. And actually, either choice is a big red flag on exactly why you should not hand over the keys to them. Sorry, but the FBI has been on the wrong side of this argument, and it just keeps getting worse. Thank you, Apple, for fighting the good fight. Per what was going to happen at WWDC 2018, well, there were a lot of guesses. Uncle Gene Monster guessed the following, quote, We expect WWDC 2018 keynote to be highlighted by extending the reach of Siri, most likely adding new domains, opening HomePod and more, uh, to more capabilities, and integrating Spotlight. Along with additional AI tools, we also anticipate new features around digital health and AR kit. Expect Siri integration with Beats. Collectively, these announcements advance the ease and use of the intelligence of Apple's mobile and desktop experiences, unquote. So, um, Siri will get better? That's what you're saying? Way to go out there on a limb, Mr. Munster. Improved Siri uh, features is a box every WWDC bingo card for the past five years has had. Might as well been the free box in the middle at this point. And this year, I did not even release the bingo card because I found it too hard to fill it with anything remotely credible and interesting. Also, according to Mr. Munster, Apple was going to introduce a $250 Beats branded product that would offer Siri integration similar to the HomePod. Apple currently sells the Beats Pill Plus speaker for $179.95, and that product is kind of long in the tooth. That said, swing and a miss, batter batter. And per WWDC 2018 predictions, according to the publication, The Information, one item to expect at WWDC would be an expansion of the iPhone's NFC capabilities beyond Apple Pay, allowing the handset to act as a hotel room door key and as a virtual transit card. They speculated that with iOS 12, Apple will give some devs full access to the iPhone's NFC chip. This was go this going back to iPhone 6 and 6 Plus for being able to take advantage of these features. And really, why has it taken this long to allow Apple to unlock NFC and iPhones? I have no idea. Um, this is something that should have been announced at WWDC 2016 and WWDC 2015, for that matter. And it was not announced at those or 2017, and it was not announced at WWDC 2018. And is likely something we'll hear rumors about next year for WWDC 2019. So, until then, we shall wait. Define father. As a noun, it means... A man in relation to his natural child or children. Do you want to hear the next one? Yes. As a noun, it means, often is a title or form of address. A priest, want to hear the next one? Yes. As a noun, it means, 
Early Christian theologians, in particular of the first five centuries, whose writings are regarded as especially authoritative. Do you want to hear the last one? Yes. As a verb, it means, be the father of. Who is your father? It's just you and me, Rob. Who's your father? I have you. That's enough family for me. I am your father. No, no, that's not true. That's impossible. I am your father. Excuse me while I jump from the maintenance catwalk into the air shaft, and then get sucked into the gas shaft and then cling to a weather vane on the underside of Cloud City. Metaphorically. I am your father? Something, 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 dark side. Thanks again to StoryWorth for sponsoring this episode. Father's Day is almost here. Get your father and yourself and your kids the best Father's Day present ever. Please go to storyworth.com slash TII to save $20 off the purchase price. And before we go today, I want to remind you to send in your feedback to the show, 206-666-6364. That's 206-MOONDOG. Record your feedback and email it to the show at todayinios at gmail.com. Feedback can be a question or comment for something someone said on this episode, or it can be a question or rant you have about something else. An app or product review, good or bad, as long as it is iOS-related, it is welcomed. I'm always looking for new artwork to feature on the show that you've created on iOS device. Just put some TII branding on it and send it in. And of course, we're always looking for more music created on an iOS device to play on the show. This is your show, and your feedback is greatly desired. And also, don't forget to check out our moderated Google Plus community by going to todayinios.com slash community. And a quick reminder, if you are an app dev or an iBook author, email me if you want your app or iBook featured in the promo giveaway segment for free. We just need the five promo codes or more to give away. Simply email me at todayinios at gmail.com and please include a 60-second or less audio review of your app or iBook indicating you are the dev or the author. Also, when you send in the promo codes, please make sure to let me know when they expire. Finally, check out the free TII app. Search for TII in the iTunes App Store. It is the best way to consume the show and to get push notifications each time a new episode of TII is released. It's fully voiceover friendly, of course. Please go right now and download the TII app or get the update. Until the next time, I'm your host, Rob, reminding you to phone different. This show is hosted on Libsyn.com and part of the Wizard Media Network. If you are looking for hosting, go to Libsyn.com, that's L-I-B-S-Y-N.com, for hosting for your podcast and for creation of your own smartphone app. The Today in iOS podcast can also be found on the free Stitcher radio app. Just search for T-I-I.